Hello, everybody, and welcome to Art Drama Llama, where we look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities. My name is Manchi. I'm Bartika. And I'm Sandra. And today we're going to look beyond the Hope Diamond Curse. So considering the topic for today, let's hope that Manchi and I don't fight over rocks again. Yeah, we know how much of an issue that was. Great pun, though. We're off to a good start. (laughs) Don't jink us. (laughs) Yeah, I'll try not to. I don't know if you guys have looked at the script at all, but (laughs) later on at the end, there's a heading that clearly says, it's a real stone, Manchi, not fake. (laughs) So, (laughs) All right, sounds good. Okay, so... Let's talk about first what the Hope Diamond is. It's as the name says, the Hope Diamond, but it's also known as the Tavernier Diamond. And it's named after Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, who brought the gem from India and sold it to the French royalty and aristocracy. It's a blue gem that weighs over 45 carats, and it's about the size of a walnut. It's estimated to be worth a quarter of a billion dollars, so $250 million. The Hope Diamond is one of the Golconda, or Golconda, to pronounce it more accurately, diamonds, which are diamonds produced in Golconda, in the Golconda region in India. Other famous ones from that region include the Carlos Koinur Diamond, which is owned by the UK. It's part of the British Crown Duels. The Nasak Diamond, the Blue Hope Diamond, which we're talking about today, which is, and this one's owned by the US. The Pink Daryainur Diamond, which is owned by Iran. The White Regent Diamond, which is owned by France. And the White Regent, widely considered to be the most beautiful and purest diamond in the world. There's also the Dresden Green Diamond, which is owned by Germany. And this diamond is a rare type 2A diamond with a clarity of VS1. And it's said to be potentially internally flawless and only like slightly recut. There's also the Kalilis Orlov, which is owned by Russia. And then there are the Nizam and Jacob Diamonds, which are owned by India. So they've remained at home, I guess. And then there's also the now lost diamonds, which are the Florentine Yellow, the Akbar Shah, and the Great Mughal. And just thinking about all of these diamonds makes me a little sad because India has produced so much over the years. And a lot of it was just taken away from the country during, not just during like the British colonization, but also all the invaders that came before. So like the Mughals and all the other people that swept by. and we say taken away, but like a lot of texts say it was sold, but who knows if it was actually sold or just taken. But yeah, I, I don't know. It makes me sad because India has so much history and a lot of it has been taken away. And India could have been so like rich and I don't know, much more advanced, I feel like, because they would have had a lot more resources, maybe. Um, and I think I read that this region that produced all these diamonds has been it's either been closed down or it's like been covered by a river or something because of a dam. So you can't really get more diamonds. Okay. Um, so now that I've talked about what the Hope Diamond is and a little bit of its, I guess, 
family of diamonds. Um, I'll talk about the history and why it's so interesting. But before I start, do you guys have any questions or comments so far? I actually remember seeing the Hope Diamond at the National uh, Museum. I think it's the National the National. Oh wait, History yeah, Museum. I've also seen it. Yeah, <laughs> I have pictures of it. Yeah. I'll be honest, I don't see what the fuss is about. <laughs> it uh, it just looks like a rock to me. <laughs> All right, Manchi. Well, there is a cubic zirconia replica of this created by Scott Sucher. Sucher. So I don't know if that interests you more, Manchi. <laughs> See, I mean, yeah, I was I gonna think, say that's right up her alley. <laughs> yeah, I think it just further proves my point that you can replicate these gems. But okay, we're not gonna make this conversation about that. Keep going. Or uh, I don't know the see. icons. The the way I was introduced to it was in like some like book called uh, Encyclopedia. Horrifica, and it basically talks about like aliens, cryptids, and stuff. And in one of the sections, it uh, talked about the Hope Diamond because, from I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's like a curse behind it. Yeah. So yeah, and, uh, and basically, it was like even looking at a picture of this will send you bad luck, and they fucking <laughs> like printed it like really big on the page. And then I was, so maybe maybe that's why I have bad luck right now because I looked at that as a kid. <laughs> I mean, we also looked at it, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're all we all have bad luck. That's why our podcast hasn't become viral yet. Well, I feel we, like sooner or later, one of us or something that we've said on the podcast, either. <laughs> like this episode or a previous episode or even one of the upcoming episodes we're gonna get canceled <laughs> that's how we're gonna go viral yeah and that's and then we're gonna blame the hope diamond yeah <laughs> i guess well loki i'm also about to debunk the curse a little bit but i mean it's all about belief too so so now let's talk about uh how the hope diamond was kind of discovered and also taken to france by tavernier so yeah, Carl Schuker in his book, The Unexplained, relates the origin of this jeopardous diamond, and I'll read a quote by him. It sparkled in the brow of an Indian temple idol until it was impiously plucked out by a th- thieving Hindu priest whose punishment for this unholy act was a slow and agonizing death. It was unearthed, it was apparently unearthed in the Golconda mines by the Kistna River in southwest India and made its European debut in 1642 when it was bought by a French merchant who sold it to Louis, King Louis XIV for a handsome profit, but was mauled to death by a pack of wild wolves. So essentially, according to legend, a curse attended the first owner of the Hope Diamond. And this curse that befell the large blue gem occurred. I guess started when it was plucked or stolen from a, an idol in India. And this curse foretold bad luck and death, not only for the owner of the diamond, but for all who touched it. So maybe, maybe we aren't cursed yet, guys, because we tech we haven't touched it. So yeah, we're not the owners. So that maybe that's what maybe. Yeah. Um, Wait, I also think it's it, it said that 
it was fine until a Hindu priest took it out of an Indian temple idol. That seems like, like, is that true? Like, would an Indian, like a Hindu priest really, do you think, take that out of a, an idol? I feel like that's all, that might be misrepresentation. I mean, maybe, but we also don't know what happened exactly for sure because um, there are accounts, and I'll get into this a little bit more later, that say Tavernier was the one who took it. So maybe if Tavernier is the one who took it, that's, that's why there's the curse. But also, if the priest did take it, that's also pretty bad yeah. because that's just theory. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole other issue there. So, uh, the diamond remained with the French royal family until it was stolen in 1792 during the French Revolution. Louis the Fourteenth and Marie Antoinette, who were beheaded, are often cited as victims of the curse. So, let me tell a more detailed account of what supposedly happened. Pierre Cartier of the Cartier Jewelers were famous. In 1910, he told the following story to Evelyn Walsh McLean and her husband to entice them to buy the Hope Diamond. This couple was very wealthy. Um, Edward was the son of of the owner of the Washington Post and Evelyn was the daughter of a successful gold miner and they were vacationing in Europe when they met with Cartier. So according to Cartier's story, several centuries ago, a man named Tavernier made a trip to India. And while he was there, he stole a large blue diamond from the forehead or the eye of the statue of the Hindu goddess Sita. From this transgression, according to legend, Tavernier was torn apart by wild dogs on a trip to Russia after he had sold the diamond. And this was the first horrible death attributed to the curse, said Cartier. There were more that followed. So then he continued and told the McLeans about Nicolas Bouquet, a French official who was executed, Princess de Lamballe, who was beaten to death by a French mob, and Louis XIV and Marie Antoinette, who were beheaded. And Tavernier had sold the diamond to Louis XIV once he had brought it back. In 1908, there was also the Sultan Abdul Hamid of Turkey, who purchased a stone and subsequently lost his throne and his favorite, Subaya, who wore the diamond and was slain. Greek jeweler Simon Montaridis was killed when he, his wife, and child rolled over a precipice. The grandson of Henry Thomas Hope, for whom the diamond is named, died penniless. There is also supposedly a Russian count and an actress who owned the diamond in the early 20th century, and they also died of horrible deaths or came to bad ends. However, a lot of these things have been debunked. Um, There was a researcher named Richard Curran who reports that many of these stories were misleading and were flat out lies. In her memoir, Father Struck It Rich, Evelyn McLean wrote that Cartier was super entertaining and she specifically said this i might have been excused that moment for believing that all of the violences of the french revolution were just the repercussions of that hindu idol's wrath so there's a whole bunch of i guess bs here (laughs) Um, yeah i was gonna say baloney (laughs) yeah uh 
And Cartier might have made a lot of this up because he believed that he had found a buyer in Evelyn Walsh McLean. And she had also previously told Pierre Cartier that objects that were usually considered bad luck turned into good luck for her. So in his pitch, Cartier emphasized the Hope Diamond's negative history. However, since Mrs. McLean did not like the diamond in its current mounting, she turned him down. So however it was currently like set. However, a few months later, Pierre Cartier arrived in the U.S. and asked Mrs. McLean to keep the Hope Diamond for the weekend. And he had already put the diamond into a new mounting, so he hoped that she would grow attached to it over the weekend. And he was right. Mrs. McLean or Evelyn bought the Hope Diamond, but she might have also been cursed. So when her mother-in-law heard about the sale, she was aghast and persuaded Evelyn to send it back to Cartier, who sent it back to Evelyn, and then he also had to sue her to get the McLeans to pay the promised price. And once all that was cleared up, Evelyn McLean wore the diamond constantly. And according to one story, it took a lot of persuading by her doctor to get her to take the necklace off, even for a goiter operation. So Evelyn wore the Hope Diamond as a good luck charm, but the others saw the curse strike her too. Her firstborn son, Vincent, died in a car crash when he was only nine. She also suffered another major loss when her daughter committed suicide at the age of 25. And in addition to all of this, her husband was declared insane and confined to a mental institution until his death in 1941. So there was death. <laughs> there might have actually been a curse associated with the diamond. Yeah, but I also feel like all the socialites of that time had really messed up families. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you remember reading The Great Gatsby, all of the people were talking about how they were driving fast down the roads. There's like d- no regard for driving oh, yeah. safety. So I'm like, your kid dying at nine from a car crash. Personally, I don't maybe I don't know her condition, but I'm sure the popular thing at that time to do was just drive recklessly, right? Yeah, maybe it was her husband because he was like, okay, that's kind of mean. He was a little insane, so maybe he was the one driving the car, and that's how the kid died. Or yeah, maybe he had like a panic attack or an anxiety attack, right? Or like maybe something happened with his moods when he was driving. We don't know, right? We don't know the specifics. But I feel like, sure, you can make the argument that the the diamond put a curse on her but I also think if you look at the time the stuff that happens to her family is like well yeah that seems like what a traditional 1930s 1940s socialite family ends up looking like yeah <laughs> even modern socialite families I feel like follow the similar three-act structure of her Probably. life uh, and in the end she had wanted the diamond or like her all her jewelry to go to her grandchildren when they were older but the jewelry was put up for sale in 1949 two years after her death to settle debts from the estate she didn't even she didn't even get to or i guess her family didn't even get to keep the diamond in the end yeah it's a it's it's expensive to stay rich yeah (laughs) estate taxes are no joke yeah um and yeah, this diamond is the most famous cursed diamond in the world, but it's also one of only one of many. There's, in fact, dozens of others 
And according to the Giant Book of Superstition by Claudia de Lis, diamond superstitions are now found everywhere in the world. A typical Eastern superstition is that the possession of extremely large diamonds always brings misfortune. A long history of blood, theft, intrigue, loss of empire, loss of life, and other disasters belongs to each of the most celebrated diamonds. And for the most part, the, the stories are historically true. And this fact only strengthens the belief in the minds of the superstitious that large diamonds are the cause of the misfortune of their owners. So there might be some truth to all of this, but we also just don't know. And it might just be a sensate, more or less a sensational story. Um, and some of these things might have been made up in the late by journalists in the late 1800s to sell newspapers. And Pierre Cartier might have also made some of it up while he was trying to get Evelyn McLean to buy it. Oh, he definitely made some stuff up. There's no way. Also, it's like if he if it if Tavernier sold the diamond to Louis the Fourteenth, then how did it end up in the hands of all the people before? You know, like that he was talking about, right? Like he was saying how oh um, you know like. Like the other French people, I think. Yeah. By the way, that uh, Cartier was telling the story, they like those other French people got the diamond after because oh, they after w- Louis probably would have stolen it from the yeah. aristocracy because the French Revolution and everything. So. Yeah, I gotcha. I see. I see. Okay, but still, the dude was just trying to sell a diamond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I mean, obviously, some of the stories what if are it's yeah. fake. The diamond, diamond itself. What if it's fake? It, yeah, okay. it's just glass so or something. I do have proof for that. Um, I did look into it because I knew there would be skeptics at Manchi. Anyways, hey, that's slander because <laughs> I didn't even bring up the fact that it could be fake. This was Sienja this time. All okay, right. what if you're like the reincarnated soul of that man? Which is why you were so up in arms about like making fakes. Uh, what were they? Lapis lazulis. Wow. <laughs> you were like something, and you just said like, ah, yes, the natural progression of things. We're gonna we're gonna find out that Tavernier died on my birthday. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Perhaps not. <laughs> okay, all right, Tika, enlighten us on why it's not a fake. Um. Okay, well, before I get into that, let me finish up the story of, like, where it is, how it ended up in the Smithsonian. So, like I was saying before, uh, obviously, some of the things associated with the diamond, such as Marie Antoinette and her beheading, are very obviously true. Some of the others have never actually been confirmed and are a little more than rumor. And in some ways, it's a morality fable about the cardinal greed, cardinal sin of greed. So the original thief, Tavernier, according to legend, he died a slow and painful death and later owners were oblivious to the curse until it was too late and they suffered as well. It was said that only a person with a pure heart could escape a doomed fate. And in this case, a pure heart meant someone who did not try to sell it away or did not try to sell it, but instead gave it generously away. So the curse, if there indeed ever was one, ended when the jeweler, Henry Winston's donated it, not sold it to the Smithsonian Institution in 1958, 
where it can be seen today. And on November 10, 1958, the Hope Diamond traveled in a brown, plain brown box by registered mail, and it was met by a group of people at the Smithsonian who celebrated its arrival. However, the Smithsonian also received a number of letters and newspaper stories suggesting that the acquisition of such an ill-famed stone by a federal institution meant bad luck for the whole country. I mean, maybe. I mean, I think it was, what, 1963 that JFK was assassinated? Which, I mean, that's still five years, but... Okay. I mean, (laughs) I think that's a bit of a stretch. (laughs) All right, all right. Um, I would... I would say, I mean, I don't think you can necessarily claim that the U.S. went to crap after the Smithsonian acquired it in 1958. I don't think that's why I point to American history and say that's where it all broke <laughs> apart. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where it is now. And a fun fact is that it's only left the Smithsonian four times since it was donated. So in 1962, it was exhibited at the Louvre in Paris for a month as part of an exhibit called 10 Centuries of French Jewelry. And then in 1965, it traveled to South Africa, where it was exhibited at the Rand Easter Show in Johannesburg or Johannesburg. I don't know. Um, In 1984, the diamond was lent to Harry Winston Incorporated in New York as part of the firm's 50th anniversary celebration. And then lastly, in 1996, the Hope Diamond was again sent to Harry Winston Incorporated in New York. And this time it was for just cleaning and minor restoration work. So I want to say it's kind of sus that it never made its way back to India. I feel like India should put an exhibition of all of the jewelry that was stolen over time. I mean, technically, we can't. Sorry, I can't say we. India can't claim it. Um, and it's the same with the Kohinoor diamond, which is, as I mentioned before, part of the British crown jewels. Because, I mean, <laughs> India has claimed it. Pakistan has claimed it. Um, I think maybe Afghanistan has also claimed it. So and I, I honestly feel like Afghanistan is a bit of a stretch for them to claim it, but... What if, so like, far, but they treat it like a like the child of a divorced marriage and they just, like, traded, like, three months <laughs> one place, three months another, three months another. And then you can all say you've claimed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they'll do that because, like, the Koinur, at least, it's part, like I said, it's part of the crown jewels, but it's also, uh, hold on. Me. Okay, then cut it up in three pieces. <laughs> I don't think the British crown <laughs> is going to appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, it's not even there, so they have no say. That's actually, I think a lot of Indian movies have been based on, or like not based on, but like they steal like large diamonds and stuff. And I think they've stolen the Koinur <laughs> a few movies. And I don't think it was a Koinor specifically, but like other diamonds, they like cut into pieces in the movies. So I, India has thought about this a lot, clearly, or at least Bollywood. Has. <laughs> just, you know, 3 a.m. thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Just, just in the movies, three yeah, hour Just movies. girly thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. What if, what if like 
to be the devil's advocate, it like should stay away from that region because if it comes back, just a whole other type of fight is gonna like start. Yeah, I was going to say it would probably take some high level geopolitical maneuvering in order to get those three countries to admit or all showcase the jewel. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, Bollywood has come up with a solution. Um, <laughs> just the, heist it? <laughs> yeah, the British Empire is just too scared. Why is your solution to everything to heist? Um, <laughs> it's Maybe not a she heist, was Tavernier in her previous life. <laughs> not <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing. Is it really a heist if you're turning it back to its rightful region? That's... I think it's anti-heist. That's a good question. I don't have exactly. a good answer. Yeah. You're like Robin Hood. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it can be either of y'all. He died in July. Oh. <laughs> it was actually Martika the whole time. She's like, I have to fix my mistake. <laughs> what? And Tika's been lying about her birthday the entire time to us. Yeah. She's like, I can never know. They can never connect the dots. <laughs> yeah. I'm the reason we're in this mess. <laughs> she's laughing, but you know. Yeah, that's why she claimed this top. She's like, me, exactly. I'm doing it. Exactly. She was very enthusiastic about it. I mean, this, I am the entity, so I could have. Exactly. I'm more like, this was, yeah, this was one of your many, like, lives. And then you're like, this is the one thing, one of the, one of the things I regret. I have to fix it. <laughs> that's why you've been influencing Bollywood this whole time to slice yeah. up, like, jewels. Yeah, Exactly. Oh man, the if entity. I was, yeah, if I was an entity. Through. I could have. I I would change so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there is proof that this is a real diamond, Manchi, and I researched this part just for you. So, the Hope Diamond is classified as a type. So two- what I'm hearing <laughs> is, if it weren't for Manchi, we wouldn't have gotten this like super investigative journalistic episode. You would have held out on us from this little tidbit. Uh, so just this next part. I still wanted to talk about this topic, but I would not have looked up if it was real or not. So what I'm hearing is I actually did a favor to all of us. Clearly. 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 All right. <laughs> but yeah, it's classified as a type 2 di- 2B diamond, which means that it's semiconductive and usually phosphoresces or emits light and radiation, light or light slash radiation. The Hope Diamond emits a strong red light, red color light, which lasts for several seconds after exposure to shortwave UV light. The diamond's blue coloration is attributed to trace amounts of boron in the stone. And in 1988, or in December of 1988, a team from the Gemological Institute of America visited the Smithsonian to grade the Great Blue Stone using modern-day techniques. They observed that the gem shows uh, shows evidence of wear, as, as I mentioned before, remarkably strong phosphorescence, and its clarity is slightly affected by whitish graining, which is common to blue diamonds. They described the color as a fancy dark grayish blue. And an examination on the same day by another gemologist used a very sensitive colorometer, revealing that there is a very slight 
violet component to the deep blue color, which is imperceptible to the naked eye. So one can only wonder that the original stone was described as violet. I looked up how to say it properly, but essentially it means a beautiful violet. And I mean, Manchi, if you want to pronounce that. Um, beau violet. Yeah. <laughs> Let me so. pull out my French card again. <laughs> so it is very real um, and it has a very nice blue color. And I do remember seeing like it's in a necklace right now. And I thought it was really nice. Um, but yeah, that region in India produced so many, I guess, colorful and beautiful diamonds because I mean the Koinor is colorless but then I talked about the pink one that's in Iran there's a white one in France there's a green one in Germany um there's a colorless another colorless one in Russia um and there's others and there was like a yellowish one that's now lost so interesting facts about diamonds <laughs> yeah no I think this is yeah I remember hearing a lot of the curse around the hope diamond and ooh, you know so so many uh curses but you know now so, yeah. i'm older i'm a little bit more skeptical <laughs> so manchi doesn't think it it's the whole curse thing is that true but, yeah i mean you can't especially the mary antoinette louis the 14th like i would be hard-pressed to say there is a direct correlation between them being beheaded and having the Hope Diamond. You know, like, if they didn't own the Hope Diamond, the French Revolution would still have happened. They would still have had their heads cut off. Oh, oh, I thought you were going the opposite way. But, yeah. Yeah, it still would have happened. Also, it's pretty telling that when we take history class, they're never like, oh, they also own the Hope Diamond. I never mentioned <laughs> but what if it was the reason it's it's so sneaky we don't know yeah could be it, they're all they're hiding it i mean you could also make the argument that like butterflies effect right if tavernier never went to look for the diamond maybe something else would have happened and blah 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 like the french resolution would have happened right like it's like the you move one tiny in history and it actually has a domino effect on everything else yeah um this is kind of similar but not really I don't know but last summer uh my I don't like watching horror stuff so but my sister and my dad do and my sister absolutely loves it but they made me watch this show with them um I think it was called Betal and I think it's on Amazon Prime maybe I don't know but it was a show and essentially what happened was they were in some type of cave and I don't know what all happened. They'd like disturbed the gods or something or like the spirits. And then that place was completely cursed and they like shut it off entirely too. So nothing would come in or out. But then, and, and this was during like the British colonization era, but in present day, some people were like, I think they were trying to build a dam and they reopened the thing back up and the spirits came after them and like a whole bunch of bad stuff happened. A bunch of people died and it was just really scary because it was kind of a ghost 
type of thing. I just ugh, can't do like spirits and ghosts. Ghosts are, eh, but like the spirits and stuff. Um, but at the end, and this might be a spoiler, not really, but yeah, a lot of people died, and like the main character also gets possessed by the spirit. And uh, when he's possessed, that kind of unleashes like a whole, um, or like they look out to the sea and they see a whole bunch of like British or pirate ships in the distance. And they're kind of like ghostly, but like you can also kind of tell they're real. And that kind of were shadowed that like they would take over, retake over India or and then the world too. All this that's the scary part right yeah british recolonization that is what gives me nightmares at night <laughs> not the spirits manchi not you, the spirits you would not be able to watch it at all i don't know how i made it through <laughs> no 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 the true scary part of that movie was the idea of british recolonization we don't want to go back to that time that's a true horror <laughs> so sorry to our british listeners but <laughs> You have to admit, some pretty crappy stuff happened during colonization. I mean, yeah. One would argue we're in the mess we're in now because of British colonization. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Actually, no European argument. colonization as a whole. Yeah. yeah. That's, let's, no, let's, let's that's no debate. Share the blame. Let's share the blame in that region. Because <laughs> it wasn't just the British. Yeah. It was French, the Spanish. Spanish. French. The French, Everyone. the Dutch, yeah, the Portuguese, German. Everyone, Actually, when everyone. I took, um, so I took history of modern Africa, and um, when we were learning about it, they were like the French and the Dutch were actually the most ruthless colonizers. The British were a little bit more hands off, um, but the Dutch and, and the French were pretty terrible. So what I'm hearing is that the super woke thing to do is for them to, like, join our Patreon. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, baby steps baby step to make amends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, all three of us come from, like, a different region of the world. So yeah. You're you saying know? the entire French Republic and the Spanish nation should join our Patreon, the governments of the I French think and every Spanish. every European nation. Every <laughs> European nation. You know what? We'll just get the Nay, EU to every become our citizen. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Baby steps. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. That's how they can show they are sorry by joining yeah. our Patreon. Y'all, the toilet I- just started on its own. I I'm a little scared now. It's saying that's a shitty idea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that was what good. What the heck? Just... Tika's getting freaked out. We're making... She jinxed herself it's by talking about It's too hot for this, too. It's so hot upstairs. <laughs> okay, well, I think this is a good time to wrap up. All right. So, yeah. Um, as I discussed, the Hope Diamond is this super blue, really pretty diamond that's part of a necklace. And there's a whole history behind it. Um of how it might be potentially cursed, but it's been sitting in the Smithsonian for a long time now. Um, and so far, not, nothing 
that we can directly correlate to the diamond has happened. So it might not actually be cursed. A lot of the stories might have just been made up by Pierre Cartier and other people to either sell the diamond or, you know, just romanticize the like the thought of it or like um, hype it up. Yeah, it was a slow news day for a lot of journalists. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk about this random diamond. I guess not really that random, but still. If you have any stories you would like us to cover, or if you're hopeful for us to cover any stories, email us at artdramalama at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon, which are all under Art Drama Llama. And lastly, thank you for joining us, and we hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries with y'all next time. Bye, llamas. Bye. I just realized that the fact that you emphasize hope for us to cover any stories and then at the end we hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries anyways bye, we're so smart we're so <laughs> smart bye <llamas. laughs>